You're listening to Art of the Float. Another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of starting, running, refining our float centers, and where we love to give insights and tips along the way as we run our businesses. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. And as always, you can join the conversation by leaving a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com. You can also find show notes, links, pictures from every episode, anything we talk about. If you go to the show page, uh, you can uh, find everything we talk about there. I am Dylan. I co-own The Float Shop with Sandra Calm in Portland, Oregon. I'm joined with Amy of Float Nashville and Lance of The Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And all of us are available for consulting if you are interested. And also, if you want to support the show, you can always click on, um, if you go to artofthefloat.com, click on the Amazon link. And if you bookmark that, every time you shop, a few shekels come our way. You don't pay anything extra, but it helps helps, uh, fuel... Feel the little uh, float tank that we have here with uh, microphones and all that stuff. So we appreciate it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we want to cover today. This is our sinking to the bottom episode. This is it's gonna get dark. It's gonna get it's gonna get dreary. We're all gonna share the uh, the dark parts of our running our float centers. And what's really cool is a lot of people from the community contributed to this episode. So um, this is really a cathartic episode. When it, you're feeling in the dumps, this is the one that you want to pull up, and you'll know that you're a not alone, and somebody else has probably had it worse than you too. So. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it works out like that. So, um, there, the few things I want to get to before that one is just, I want to congratulate the float collective to getting to a thousand likes. If you're not sure what the float collective is, we've mentioned it in the past. It has previously had the name float, uh, float facilitators. It, um, is now known as float collective and it's just anybody within the float industry. If you want to talk about the, the nitty gritty stuff of floating and without, um, being worried about the rest of the public being aware of those things. This is a great uh, group to join. Um, Lance is one of the uh, admins on that. So, you know, if you apply, you might not get in right away. You'll get an email back uh, saying, hey, are you actually... Go ahead. You're supposed to send an email to... uh, Geez, I don't know the email off the top of my head. But if you read the description, um, the email's in there. Send an email. um, Let us know who you are, and then um, you should get approved. But... um, I believe Dan Larson handles most of that lately. Okay. I've sort of slacked on okay. that side of things, along with some of my other projects. But um, yeah, Float Collective, powerful it's tool. So good. I, I can't say enough positive stuff about Float Collective. My goodness. Um, let's see here. There's also a speak pipe I'd like to play real quick here that actually got lost in the shuffle. I'm not sure if it was a glitch with SpeakPipe or if it was a glitch with myself, which is way more likely. Uh, but uh, Engineer Brian, if you go ahead and play that. Hi, Dylan, Amy, and Lance. It's Dana Highfield from Portland, Oregon. I can't express enough my gratitude for the things you guys share on the Art of the Float. Um, I learn something new every time, and I'm currently in the process of floor plan design, and I've put them up on the Float Collective to get people's feedback. Um, But everything I have on there is due to things I've learned from you guys. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to the next one. So sweet. That's awesome. Awesome. Love, Dana. I've never seen those floor plans. They look awesome. I was just going to say, it's going to be beautiful. It really is. And it was hard to choose. Like, they all, every layout, every potential layout looked so good. Um, and yeah, Dana is amazing. She's so driven and 
also just a sweetheart. By the way, uh, she invited us to her wedding. And so Sandra and I got to go to her beautiful wedding ceremony. And uh, before she went full bore on getting her float center up here in Portland. So uh, just what an awesome way competition can be. (laughs) Like, uh, I I don't know a lot of industries where that happens, but pretty pretty cool that we're going to be... quote unquote in competition or sharing, you know, the, the pie, the, the demographic or what have you, but, uh, we just love each other. It's awesome. So Dana, thanks so much for, for sending that in, that in, I apologize for the delay on posting it. And, um, I wish you absolutely the best on, on your float center. It looks like you're off to an amazing start. Uh, I want to hear about your guys' weeks. I'll start off with, with, uh, my week here, which is also going to go right into the float away ad. So I'll just preface it with that, which is that we did a, um, what, what do you call it? The, the like a local news morning show. I feel like every float center has done this. If you haven't, reach out to your local news channels and you can get them to come to your center. And I, I they just like to promote small businesses, particularly when they're kind of cool and interesting. And a float center just is right up there. So uh, you get to uh, talk a little bit about your business. I really wish you could go more in depth, to be quite honest. But you use the tools that you're given, and this is one that we did with the same channel five years ago with Drew Carney, um, and now we had another one uh, today. Actually, earlier today, um, I did this, and I think I actually came across coherent and possibly even intelligent, so I was really excited about that. And kind of going into the bridging the uh, the float away ad portion is, you know, we showed them all of our float tanks, and and uh, the host was like, oh, we we got to do it in this float tank, which happens to be the one we did five years ago as well. It's just a super friendly float tank, very uh, photogenic, I suppose would be would be the right word. So our tranquility tank was the star of the show again, uh, five years later today. So that was really cool, really fun, and again, I just. A, uh, go to floataway.com, www.floataway.com if you're interested in these float tanks. Um, and also, I would simply encourage you to um, re- really reach out to your local news stations. They they are looking to entertain their audience, and this is a really cool subject. So um, just write a little bit of copy and send it off to all of them, you know. Uh, and uh, it seems to have seems to have worked out well for us. So, uh, yeah, any thoughts on that from you guys? Did you see the video? I don't know. Did any of you catch it? I, I saw the picture. You saw the picture. I, I, I didn't see. I did not see the video, but I saw okay. this morning the pictures and yeah. the posts you made. So I'm looking forward to it. It just came out today. No, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes if you want to see it. Um, I mean, really, it's just me trying to explain a little bit about floating in like 20 seconds. So there you go. Now, I did see Emily said that you did an amazing job. You're Emily Nora in there. She made a comment <laughs> that you looked good on camera and did a great job. So maybe we'll get a few pointers from you about how to how Ooh. to look good in front of a camera. Don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, they smeared a lot of grease on the lens right before they recorded. Is that usual? <laughs> a dream they, filter. They nice. had bacon fat. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, and that's pretty much been my week. Other than that, we've just had crap for sales and for people floating just because we've been snowed in ice and, uh, nobody's, nobody's floating and it is hurting our bottom line bad. It's, <laughs> this could almost make it to this episode. Like I should have called in with a speak pipe on this. Cause like, uh, it, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, so hopefully things pick up here. We're doing a little bit of a sale, uh, through the rest of the month just to go like, Hey, come on, get in. In fact, at the, the, we were supposed to have three segments, uh, with, um, 
with uh, KGW is who we did this with. The first one is just a little teaser. The second one is is more full. That's the one that you guys saw. And the third one um, is supposed to just go more in depth and benefits and stuff like that. And I actually asked them if I could, instead of talking about the benefits, go into talking about small businesses and with the storm and everything, could we just talk about uh, people getting out and supporting small businesses, restaurants in particular, but of course also float center, yada, yada. And she thought that was a really cool idea. That was great. And then it got cut because behind the scenes, just some things are just changing around all the time. Apparently these guys are pros. It was really cool uh, to witness, but uh, yeah, we didn't get that, which was disappointing. And um, yeah, so's our, so's our income this month. <laughs> so that's what's going on with the float shop this week. Oh. Now, in, in to uh, give you a different perspective, in Nashville, we are, and, and this is consistent with past Januarys. We're crazy busy. January's insane every year. And now, and of course, it drops off for you know five, six, seven, eight months or so. But, <laughs> but, um, but no, January, January is insane. Huh. Um, so it's been super, super busy. Um, which is great, which we're very thankful for. And we don't get, unlike a lot of things, y'all have been mentioning January is a, is a good month or a brisk month for gift certificates for the return of gift certificates. We don't see a whole lot of that. So, um, so it'll be a great month for us. Uh, however, there is a flu going around that seems to have hit a few of our employees and there's nothing worse than going into work thinking you're going to work seven hours and you get to go home and do work. You know, like, you know, the work that you do outside of work um, <laughs> and you get a call like, oh, I'm really, really sick. I oh, can't make it in. The next thing you know, you're working a 16 hour day. <laughs> Ta-da! And that happened to Mark and I a few times this week. That's why we signed up. That's what we wanted. Super long days. And yeah, yeah, that that's what <laughs> happens. And it's also a sign that perhaps it's time for us to be uh, doing some hiring. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, that's but, interesting. Yeah, do you guys it's been a rough uh, season? Not to say overhire, but do you have people on backup that you can call uh, just in case? No. <laughs> we. <laughs> I wish we people could see your head so rigorously <laughs> no. shaking. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh. Amy, do you have backup? It, it does make it rough. You know, we do have a few employees, um, but a few of our employees are just there for a few hours a week, and they they do that because they want to be a part of the float yeah. world, mm-hmm. but they. They can't, I mean, they have a very full life and they're not that flexible yeah. um, and are too flexible people. We can't keep, you know, uh, grab it onto them or they'll end up working way, way, way too much. Right, so we right. got to be, we got to be careful. We got to find a balance and, and Mark and I need to really probably hire one more part-time person. Got and it. that's on our list of, you know, things to do this year. Um, that short list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, short, that very short list. Right. Um, that's but a, how do y'all? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's just, just it's a it's a tough balance just to, to yeah. because people want hours. Um, right. They don't want too few hours. They got to pay the bills, mm-hmm. and pe- you don't want to overwork people either. And sometimes they're willing to work a lot of hours, but you don't want to burn them out either. And right. that's right. that's definitely been something that the float shop has dealt with for a long time. Is just that that balance in hiring and giving out hours and what we actually promise and commit to employees to. And mm-hmm. it, I think. I don't know. I think over the probably the last two years, we started building up people who basically left the float shop for another job or, you know, the career path or whatever, but have said uh, they can be used on call. And that's actually worked out real nicely. I think we have two or three people now who, um, if somebody calls in sick or 
uh, somebody's on vacation actually happens a lot. Then and we get a chance to call in advance and go, hey, can you come in at this time or whatever? And just like you said, they like to be part of it. You know, it, it, it's yeah. a really cool thing. It feels good to be at, in a float center. So uh, that's where we're at at the moment, but it's still not a perfect fix. And I've had to work yeah. a couple shifts as well. It's, it's so definitely you, a balance. I'm, I'm just curious. How do you pay someone who's part-time like that? Like, do you do you get away by, like, not having to pay taxes for them because they only come in once? Or, like, how do you do that? Because you don't have to keep somebody like that on your payroll, do you? Well, we just let our payroll person know. And these, I guess, um, kind of have a little bit of loophole because they were previous employees, so they already have their information. Um, so they just get added right. to that list again. Uh, but Sandra is the one who does payroll, so she could answer these questions in more detail. We should have her on for an employee episode, actually. Amy, please. And, and I was going to say, Dylan, that sounds exactly like what you do. If it's a past employee, you have their information. I know our payroll system is set up so that I just um, add in the name of the person who's working that week. And if it just so happens to be someone from a previous time, it'd be really easy to put their name back in and um, and allow that to... Um, to be just added to the payroll very easily. So yeah, it's a pretty simple fix. And sometimes uh, they're hired as independent contractors, but that's a whole, whole nother <laughs> show in and of itself. But that might, oh, wow. that may be an option. Oh, that's interesting. Depending. I never thought about that. Mm. Uh, so we, we talked about branding last week and that was a pretty exciting episode. I think everybody on the show enjoyed that one. Brad Doak joined us and um, it's really good branding information. Amy, I know you're, mm -hmm. you're trying to work out good some stuff. branding stuff. Can you, yeah. can you share about that? So it's like the rebranding that never ends is what it's happened in our place. Uh, we are in the process of rebranding and we finally, finally, finally got through all the, you know, getting our colors, getting our branding identity done. But now that we have the branding identity, the next part is to change everything. And you don't realize how much you have your logo on and how much branding you do until this comes until this happens. Um, I started working with a graphic designer and I'll tell you what, it's become extremely overwhelming because you don't, you know, it's not only just slapping on a new logo, it's, you know, let's, let's change up the writing. Let's get that copywriting a little tighter. Let's mm. make sure the tone is correct. And then it's things like, oh yeah, we have that we have the um, graphics on our windows. They need to be changed. The graphic on the front door, oh, the right. main sign, all the T-shirts. Um, oh, and then there's all the websites and the, God, the things yeah. that you've signed up for. And it just goes on and yep. on and <laughs> on. And then there's the rack cards and the brochures and the business cards and the referral cards and the membership material and the <laughs> it's insanity. Um so we have been very, I'm trying to make it to manageable bites. We've been very slowly working, not too slowly because we've <laughs> got to get it done. But um, so I've been working on creating something that feels a little bit more manageable. And I know Lance is going through this too. So I'm, I'm not alone. Sure. Um, it's not a low point. I'm not going to, not going to talk about in this episode, but man, I'm looking at my list and my list is two pages long. So rebranding, uh, I think it was mentioned last week. Uh, you know, we changed our name six months in and now we're going through a rebrand, which mm -hmm. which is normal. But really, the more you get done ahead of time, the more you do before you start your float business, the less overwhelming this part will be. That was a big mistake that I made. So spend the time, spend the money, do it right, right before right. you start. Yeah. 
But for a lot of people that are starting, they don't know what the hell they're doing. I was one of them. You know, it's, it's like I didn't know what I needed. I need brochures. I need business cards. I need this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, get a friend I know who does graphic work to build it. And then, you know, it's, you know, you can't be expected to know everything. But Amy Certainly. is right. Take your time before and try and get all that stuff down, you know, before you, you know, start your build out or before... That that'd be a perfect world, I guess. But but you know, there's a lot that you can do, even if you don't know your business very well. If you go look online, I know Brad talked about doing a uh, doing a um, questionnaire, a branding questionnaire. They are free online. They really help you get a lot more focused. And if you uh, if you understand and you have a very clear focus of at least who you are and what you offer. Um, and Lance, you've talked about this before. What you offer isn't just floats. What you offer is relaxation. What you offer is a chance to disconnect. What you offer is, when you really are clear on that, it makes everything easier. And this rebranding process doesn't feel so overwhelming. So I'm, I'm taking a lot of good notes and um, I'm hoping to not put myself through this ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> I, am, I am happy to, uh, to let this go. Oh, and then in the uh, process of this, I gotta share this. This is kind of exciting. Please, <laughs> we're setting open. We're setting up a geo targeting campaign. Are y'all familiar with geo? Not um, uh, geo fencing. I'm sorry, not geo targeting. Oh. Geo fencing campaign. Are y'all familiar with geo fencing? Nope, I don't um, think I am. So basically, it's like big, bro- it's like Big Brother stuff. But it, good start. Um, it's kind of um, scary. But basically, what it is is we look at. Um, places where our uh, clients go, whether it's yoga studios or whatever, and you set up a fence around it um, digitally, electronically, Uh uh, so that when they come out of that building or they come out of that space, they're fed some ads through whatever, uh, you know, whatever app happens to be. I mean, it can be any app. It's not just necessarily Facebook. It's not just necessarily Instagram. Uh, It can be on a browser. It can be on a lot of different things. Um, and I, more than anything, I'm not sure this is going to be, I'm not sure how successful this is going to be. Uh, more than anything, I'm really just more curious um, because I, I've heard about this for years and I'm I'm just kind of curious. So we, we've set up a small campaign for the next three months and I'm kind of excited to see what it does or doesn't do. I, I really don't have a whole lot of expectations. But it's fun to experiment with with different marketing techniques, and this is where this is where we're gonna go this year for fun. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, please keep us updated on that. Yeah, That's absolutely. Crazy and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's kind of like, as he's saying, it's like, oh my gosh, that's all the stuff I hate. I hate going right. to like different websites and seeing things yeah, that I was right. like searching for a few hours ago. It kind of freaks me out and it's like, yeah. oh great, now I'm doing it. But um, nonetheless, I'm, I'm curious. So we're going to find out. All right. Please keep us, keep us informed on that one. Yeah. Lance, how's your week been? It's been good. It's yeah. been a uh, blur. It's just fl- flew by. I can't believe I'm sitting in front of this microphone again because it's uh, Tuesday night for us when we're recording. But busy, busy, lots of late hours, especially on our Monday when we're closed, a.k.a. our day off. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you spend your day off, Lance? <laughs> well, we did maintenance on all our tanks, and then we got our... Um, other tank that's been down for about a month and a bit. Oh, that's right. Um, back up and running. So there's Yay. lots of work to do with that. Cool. Um, oh, there's more yeah, work. It's, uh, no, it's it's just tuning in now. Um, okay. We cool. got the hydronics. So 
Um, as far as I know, I believe we have the first hydronic oasis out there. <laughs> if somebody has one, please, please, let's let's talk. Totally. Um, but yeah, basically our oasis now has no liner. So we have zero liner in our oasis. And we're heated from hot water from our building. Um, so interesting. We got it up and running yesterday. Um, actually put water in it. Um, and we we're running floats today at 1 o'clock, I believe. So... Um, <laughs> We had a temperature spike, Amanda tuned that in, and I believe we've been running floats. I'm not there right now, but I believe we've been running floats in it pretty much all night. So um, we did some good planning, and it ended up coming out quite well. So I picked up one more part today that's going in to completely tune it in for us, but hmm. I'm very excited to see how this goes. One big issue that we, we have... Oh, this is sort of a funny story, too. You guys might like this. So... <laughs> Um, without a liner, those fiberglass tanks seem to be a bit slippery, <laughs> like oh, by a bit no. slippery. I mean, Extremely? I spend a lot of time on ice this winter <laughs> and that's, that's manageable, you know, black ice, all that stuff that's manageable. But inside this float tank, I, I stepped in there and I slipped right out from, I mean, I pretty oh, much fell in the no. float tank, but what I did is I couldn't find, uh, locally, you know, those shower grip tape strips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I found little tiny strips and they're quite ugly and quite expensive. So I decided to go to my local skate shop (laughs) and go to a skateboard shop and get some clear grip tape from there. And, uh, it worked quite well before I got the water and I got a a nice, I bought all they had and there was only a couple (laughs) square feet, but, um, they'll they'll get more in the spring. Not much skateboarding (laughs) happens in the winter around here. Um, yeah, I put the grip tape down and it was great, but, uh, filled the tank and I got in, I stepped on the grip tape and the first step I took off the grip tape, I slipped, I slipped hard. And when I fell, my ass slipped right over the grip tape and I got like these big like (laughs) sandpaper marks all cut up on my ass. I immediately had to get out of the float tank and take a shower and that was it for that. But, uh. Um, needless to say, we're going to be doing some improvements for traction inside the float tank. So, uh, yeah. You can find video of that on artofthefloat.com. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't no nice. Filming. But um, I'll be updating everyone on our Oasis. we got some cool lighting that we'll be putting in, in one of them as experimental as well. And then we'll be doing some other pretty cool things in the future I'll be able to update you on. But nice. um for now, we have the hydronic oasis with no Woo-hoo. liner, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> Congratulations! So yeah, congrats. Um, That's a big but game. yeah, it's it's late hours to get that thing up and running, um, especially when you're running floats. So you have to be quiet, and then right. floater goes home, and you're uh, back to work. So, um, mm-hmm. we've also uh, this last week actually. Um, previously, we've only had when our clients come in, um, we only had like a form they would really read over and you know confirm. Uh, they read it and, you know, bring them in their float. But we've uh, sure. recently got waiver forms out. Mm-hmm. And um, our waiver form collects a bit of information. Um, but the biggest thing for us is um, sort of getting some education through on there, too. We had a lot of people that would come in because somebody told them they should float or they, you know, got a coupon or something somewhere. And, you know, they may not fully understand what they're there for. So sure. doing this waiver form... I feel like it's really allowed people to understand a little more what we do. When they're reading the waiver form, you know, are you here for chronic pain? Are you here for inflammation? Are you here for 
you know, and they're able to see all the other things that could benefit them. And they're yeah, you know, excited cool. checking off boxes and they seem way more in tune to our walkthroughs. When we're doing walkthroughs, they're way more alert, paying attention and huh. taking it a bit more seriously. So, um, I'm excited. We've only been doing this for a few days, but, um, yeah. Uh, don't like ask that. why we didn't have waiver forms before. Um, it's just something we chose not to do, and it hasn't really, yeah. 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 Knock on wood, I'm it never actually that. comes <laughs> up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy we have them now. Um, very excited to see where this goes, and, and yeah, now it's just managing all the, the paperwork we're doing. We don't have iPads, mm-hmm. so we're doing it by paper for now until we uh, get some more iPads. So. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I love. Oh, Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say real quick that yeah. waiver. I know. I understand. And a lot of the a lot of things that have come up. Even our lawyer had said, you know, this really isn't gonna help you mm-hmm. if anything happens. Yeah. But um, the reality of it is, no matter. And by the way, check with your lawyer anyway. I am not a lawyer. Um, ah, right. So, uh, but the thing is, it is a great tool for like the landscape educating, but also collecting information. That information mm-hmm. is so valuable on so many levels. Um, it allows us to serve our people better, and I think that's what we're all here to do. Yeah, we, uh, you know, even something like emergency contact information, that's mm-hmm. something that we're we're collecting on our waiver forms. Um, if someone slips, if someone, you know, has a heart attack in the lobby, you know, something not even float-related, I still want somebody to contact, you know. So that's something I really didn't really think of much before, you know, bad on me, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's important things to collect birthdays. We're going to be doing some fun things for people's cool. birthdays. Nice. So, nice. Yeah, awesome. we, we've, we've got so much on the go right now. It just feels like life's a blur coming into the New Year's. we got some of our new physical marketing material coming back, so our new um, branding and business cards are coming back where they're completely different than our, um, our old ones where our old ones were blue and sort of shiny and really thick and textured and sort of sort of flashy, you know, mm-hmm. and these ones are basically just a white business card, clean rounded edges, thick card, um, with just our brand and our contact information on the front and the black, the back is basically just black with our emblem our not actual mm-hmm. logo our mm-hmm. emblem, um, basically put on the back with a spot UV gloss so you can barely see it. If you sort of, you know, move the card mm-hmm. around, you'll be able to see it, but nothing flashy. It's complete opposite of sort of what we had before and, I'm very excited to get that. We have the, our third annual Healthy Living Expo for Central Alberta here coming up on Saturday, and that's always a packed day. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, getting banners, getting marketing material, these business cards, everything's coming for this, this weekend where um, we'll yeah. see a few thousand people in one day that are looking for, you know, health-oriented business. So. I hope you're taking Sunday off. I really do. <laughs> no days no. off. Of course not. No. I Sunday know. off. I just wish. I wish. Um, yeah, especially this new year. We lost uh, We lost our, our awesome employee, Caitlin, in December. She moved to a different province. So this, this month's been sort of a blur. and We've had to make up for all her hours um, between Matthew and I. There's really only three of us here. Mm. And uh, I have to flow check right now. So we'll, we're wow. jumping on that hiring train, too. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Damn. Hey, Lance, I, I know I'm not the only one who wants to see your new business cards. It would be awesome if you take a picture when you get mm-hmm. them and slap them on up um, sure. so you can share them with, with everyone. I know I know that people want to see that. They sound yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for them. The, the guy that runs a printing company was excited to print them, and you know when that happens there. Uh, That's awesome. Um, <laughs> that is a good metric, but, isn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, this, this year we've – 
we're really not really shifting our vision, but tuning our vision into something we've always wanted to do. And that's our members. We're putting a lot more focus to our members and we're really going to, you know, we got a ton of space. We got a ton of space in our studio and we're going to use that and we're going to use that through our members. Um, so we're doing some really fun things with that where we're going to be having our member meetups bi-monthly. We have things planned, certain events and people coming out for that. Um, we're going to be, well, recently we've created our bar. You've heard me talk. I might be going on for a bit, but I, I'm just enjoying it here. You've heard me uh, create a bar in our front lobby. Um, we spent some time building a coffee tea bar. Um, we've worked hard to get that up and running. It's pretty much done now. And we have some kombucha on tap, which is brewed by my awesome friends, um, Wild Child Brew. They opened up yesterday their brewery cool. right behind us, which oh, is wow. super cool. That's right, yeah. Cool. And we're going to be bringing in some snacks and some other drinks and things like that in our lobby. And we're going to be going by the term of like sort of a sensory spa. So on our business cards, it says um, Float Shack flotation studio and sensory spa so we really um we really tuned in i i seen that term come up somewhere and i fell in love with it because that's that's what we have up front we have 1600 square feet of of awe a lot of people come in and, and stare around and and uh really get in tune with things they're grabbing things reading books they're playing they're looking at the lights so um we're dividing our space up um into five different sections because five different seating sections, basically. So we got some dividing walls and stuff we're building. But each section is going to stimulate a sense, uh, stimulate or relax a sense. So we have one that's tactile where it's going to be very fluffy and comfy and just total relax section. Um, our main seating area, that's where we're going to have our drink and our foods and stuff like that. So that's the, the taste and smell. Um, we're bringing in some our aromatherapy stuff that we have. Um, we'll be bringing that up front. And then we're going to have a section for audio. We'll be doing some audio stuff, binaural beats, some different okay. headphones and stuff with transducers. And then uh, a visual, a visual area where we'll have some cool cool stuff that can visually stimulate you. Um, I wish I could get the Lucia light, uh, maybe oh, the yeah. Pandora light. That may be in there. That's a little more affordable for, <laughs> for me. But, uh, yeah, so we're doing some big changes this year. And... Uh, we're really relying on our, or hoping for our members to come together and really start building a community of this awesome thing we have called float tanks. Because cool. um, we have the tools, we have the people. It's just a matter of organizing them uh, under one roof so they can share ideas, and um, hopefully the magic will will uh, grow from that. It seems where it's where your passion is, for both of you, both owners. So I, I think that's it's only going to have to manifest, right? Like, I don't think you can keep putting that much energy into that specific, uh, that, se that sense of community without it manifesting. I, I couldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. I have more questions about your, the five senses and, and, um, certainly, but I, I want to wait, I want to wait probably till next week on that because I think we can basically just take a deep dive on your float shack right now. There's, there's so much going on with it. I, I want to, um, if it's okay, I want to. I want to get to people's. Uh, I want to get to commiserating. All right. <laughs> I want to get to the bad news. I want to um, hear everybody's uh, terrible, terrible experiences with their float centers. And I think so. Um, I want to play other people's. And I also want to. Maybe we can sneak in some of ours as well. Um, I do have one already recorded, but I think I could probably also share share another as well. And uh, maybe if you guys want to jump in at any point, just feel free to. 
Um, and but before we get into that, I want to mention Float Helm, of course, www.floathelm.com is where you want to go to to check out Float Helm. And probably my favorite part of Float Helm is actually the float log, which is a component that is used easily more than any other component of Float Helm, which is our ongoing conversations. So basically, anytime you go in for your shift, uh, there's turnover, there's verbal turnover that's given, but you also get a chance to go over the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours of uh, your float log and see what's been going on. And so every time that you show up, you just get to get caught up on everything as opposed to, like, it's great if you work the nine to five and you can have a team meeting every Monday morning, but our shifts don't work that way. Our employees rarely all get together. We shoot for once a month. And so this means that you just totally get to get into the loop uh, right away and add to the discussions, ask questions, all that stuff. So nothing nothing happens without everybody knowing it if it goes into the log. And people love using it. Personality shines in there. It's fun. And uh, so, yeah, just one more reason to use Float Helm. Again, www.floathelm.com. So uh, let's see here. Oh, you know what? Um, so we got one speak pipe from the request I put out on Float uh, Collective, as mentioned earlier, Float Collective. But we did get a pretty good number of responses in text form. I did not want to read all of those, and I can guarantee you guys don't want me to hear me uh, reading all of those out loud. So I was able to grab hold of a... Uh, a radio guru who's been in radio since I think he was 15, before it was legal for him to actually do radio, uh, John Erickson. He's on K103 here. He's the news guy. He actually read these, so these are going to be way more entertaining than if I did. So, uh, Brian, if you go ahead and play, this is actually my my uh, post. I got the ball rolling here, and um, this uh, brings up uh, leaks and uh, water damage. So go for it, Brian. Okay, let's see what we got here. Let's begin with Dylan Calm. Dylan says, I think my worst moment was when I walked into the shop and saw a waterfall coming down the opening of the French doors between our lobby and Zen room. Our upstairs tank had sprung a leak and had been flooding for at least an hour or hours before I got in. The panic and feeling of being a failure were equal parts horrific. Oh, man. Can just everything I say go through his filter, please? I would love that. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Walking in and, I mean, literally just a waterfall coming in and knowing we had clients coming in. And uh, we actually managed to, I think we canceled one, maybe two floats that day, but we got everything back together very quickly. And I guess, I don't know if covered up is the right word, but cleaned up uh, the shop pretty quickly and got things open. But uh, certainly feeling like a failure did not go away as quickly. That that sucked. Um, any Anytime I, I know that I made a mistake that causes damage to our business is, is, is brutal. But uh, somebody else uh, was commiserating here. Uh, please, Brian. Okay, Matthew Smith is next. Matthew says, One morning a few months in, we had a staff member come rushing out to the front door after the first round of floats while I was just doing some paperwork and said, There is effing water coming out everywhere. <laughs> so I rushed to the back to see over 150 liters of salt water blasting into our hallway because the outlet on the pump blew off and was pouring everywhere. I literally ran and slid through the water in the hallway, getting covered in the process so I could flip the breaker off in the room to stop the pump, followed up by using every single towel, robe, and rag to create a little <laughs> dam for all the water. 
our poor staff member's face was completely pale afterward. Ha ha. Great times. <laughs> yeah, nothing like uh, nothing like a pipe bursting while the pump is running. That's always fun. That's... Especially salt water. <laughs> yeah, the cleanest yes. of waters. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the least damage. <laughs> Have you guys had... I feel like I can remember one from you, Lance, of... Uh, uh, nothing, not, not a nothing, pipe bursting, but like uh, no, the pump running. Nothing bad. Okay. Um, the only like the only spill I've had that's really been bad. Well, not bad. Sorry, I turned the pump on. Um, I didn't have my bleed screw in, and then I had like a little sort of half inch stream that just straight up to the roof, <laughs> and it sort of hit hit that, and you know. <laughs> Had a nice showered mist over everything. Nice. Um, but I only lost like maybe a liter or two of water. I didn't lose much, but it was, it was everywhere. Uh, I don't think we've had any bad floods. We've definitely had salt water places, right. but right. nothing going down the hallway. No waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, how about you? We did, uh, but it was a strange little thing. We went in uh, one morning and we were checking the water before we had floaters and the water was incredibly low. Like we had lost hmm. five, oh. six inches and I couldn't figure out how we lost it because there was no water on the floor, no puddles anywhere. Um, we couldn't figure it out. And uh, that it was back when we had our massage room. And later that day I went to give a massage and I, I knelt down by the headrest and realized the floor was completely soaked. Dang. Um, it was at that point I realized that we had a problem with our floor in in the tank room. We had a leak in our tank, and it had been going into the floor, which channeled it into the massage room. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we had to rip up the floor, and oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, it destroyed the entire floor they, because they didn't do it correctly the first time. It was, oh. a, it was a mess, but... You know, there was no immediate panic because we just couldn't figure out where this water had disappeared to. It just was like magic. Water was gone. The floor wasn't wet. There were no puddles. There was no oh, dra wow. drama, no, no water going down the hallway. And we didn't notice it in the massage room because until I bent down, I didn't realize the floor was completely saturated uh -huh. with salt water. So this water yeah. just evaporates faster in this one. <laughs> that's what we were thinking. Honestly, because we were oh young in the business, right. like wow, yeah, yeah. this evaporates a lot faster than we thought. <laughs> it really was our our kind of our first thought. It was like, oh, this is going to be hard. Oh, oh wow. yeah, no oh, kidding, huh? The only time we had a burst pipe, it was when our inspector was in there, and we flipped on the tank, and he bent over to read the flow meter, and the pipe burst. Uh, it was all in slow motion. I remember like <laughs> like diving in front of him, like, no, <laughs> you know, trying to keep him safe. Yeah, it burst on the inspector right in his face, Did all you, over uh, Mark. You're <laughs> kidding so, me. So is that why you but, need lifeguards? Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, wait a second, we need to shut this down and rethink about these regulations. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, <laughs> okay. he was very gracious about it, but, but that was the only time we had a pipe burst, thank goodness. He Knock did, on wood now. He had a good attitude. That's awesome. He was, he like was a, he's great. A bad 80s sitcom premise was, right there. That is over the top was, cheesy. Yeah. It was crazy. It was. It was just one of those things like talking about timing of all the times in three and a half years. That one moment. Yeah, <sighs> I, I did have a spill once, but it wasn't on my float tank. Oh. Actually, I was working on Trika's float tank. I went and oh. I replumbed it for her oh. and I put it all together except for one... One fitting I never glued. Um, I never put on the primer <laughs> and the glue because yep. I was just, you know, it's cut and fit, cut and fit, and it's the last one. And 
probably ran for about an hour, and then all of a sudden it just goes, and then, you know, a two and a half inch or one and a half inch line straight to the roof and flooded everything. And yeah, right, like, you know, you're all wiping your hands because you're all done, and then something like that happens. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. Lance, I got to say that I feel much better hearing you say that because I made the same mistake, except it stayed together for like a year. Uh, and then one day, Emily, aforementioned Emily, walked in to, uh, you know, just water water geysering out of the out of the filter system, because yeah, I, I I couldn't pull it apart. I just assumed, I guess, I don't even remember that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll tell you, like I can laugh. Anyone blows a pipe, I'll laugh at it. It's it's you know it's it's nothing. All right. Um, when I was a mechanic, um, doing work on hydraulics, um, I rebuilt a, a pump and just you know, $2 million oil field piece of equipment and brought it outside. We put tags all over everything when you close valve. So hydraulic tank valve closed, put tags on the front, put it on the start button, put it everywhere. I went through and, okay, you know, time to start it, pull off all my tags. Yep, I'm going to go open that valve, you know, after I pulled out, walking, pulling the tags, thinking I'm going to do this. Something must have happened. I must have, you know, got preoccupied by something else and I went and I started it and that valve was closed and you just heard uh, uh, yep. um, oh. that, that ended up costing almost $60,000 to oh, uh, repair that specialty pump. So, wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> something as little as, uh, you know, keeping a valve closed on, on this very expensive uh. equipment can cost a lot of money. So, you know, when I lose a few liters of water and right. $150 <laughs> pump at running a float tank, I just giggle about it. So. That's some good perspective. <laughs> yeah, perspective. That's that's exactly what it is. So. so these next two, I don't even know how to categorize these. I couldn't if I tried. So let's just play them. Go for it. Go for it, Brad. Evan Duncan says, once my friend and I had the ludicrous idea to put float tanks on a bus and bring it with us to music festivals. Love it. The day we were set to leave, our bus broke down. So instead, we put our two Samadhi tanks, 26 sheets of foam insulation to make portable float rooms with, and a 250-gallon tank full of solution on a trailer and in the back of my truck. Then 30 minutes into our 10-hour drive, a strap breaks, and I watch from the rearview mirror as 20 sheets of foam insulation and some Samadhi panels lift into the air and smash along a kilometer stretch of highway. We picked it all up, made some field repairs, and finished driving to the festival. We did manage to get our two up and running, but it rained all weekend, and we had like 10 people float. Oh. You still get points. You get you get points. I don't know. <laughs> that float bus looked pretty awesome. I seen their bus, seen Is some photos right? of it, and I was very pumped that they were going to music festivals with it. Um, <laughs> I wish that was a thing. <sighs> All right. We got to get on that. Evan. I think, the old, I think the only one I know that successfully brought a float tank to a music festival that I know of was Shoshana. Yeah. I think she's brought a float tank down to Burning Man. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah, she talked about that on the show. That that's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Uh, I I can't wrap my head around it yet. People are doing it, although with varying degrees of success. <laughs> Evan, I'm sorry. That's Aww. tough. But man, you have got a story for life. That is good stuff. Start a Kickstarter and I'll help fund it. Version two go. of the float bus. <laughs> Only five dollars though, because I don't have much money. Fully backed at five dollars. <laughs> we have float centers. 
the next one, oh, I I have listened to this one several times over and over. I know you guys haven't heard it yet. Uh, Dan Larson couldn't go without uh, ta- uh, topping everybody else here. So let's go for it. Uh, Dan Larson says, I think my worst moment was this call. Uh, blood in the tank. What's the protocol? How much blood is a shutdown situation? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Fair question from an employee. <laughs> I'm not sure what the metric is on that to determine. <laughs> did we find, uh, we're laughing, we're, we're sitting here laughing, but do we, do we know what happened? I do have we, no I mean, idea. Like, I think that adds to wanna... the enigma. It's, it's oh, beautiful, just the way it is. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, th- this next one, I actually really feel uh, for the, the woman in this one, and I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit more about it afterwards. So um, business is hurting. I, I talked about it at the, the top of the show. Our January hasn't been great, but um, please go for it. Okay, Kaylin is next. Kaylin says, I'm having a crisis right now. I've finally gotten two tanks, and they are both empty. In fact, this week looks pretty empty. I keep marketing, which seems to be helping the other float center in town, and I haven't seen any of theirs. I'm totally worried about the bills and trying to figure out how to get the word out about the second tank. That's tough, man. When you're when people aren't showing up to your business and you're trying to put yourself out there and it's not working out, that's tough. Yeah. And I think we all know what it's like to have empty float tanks. It's not easy, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when you're taking money out of your savings or what have you to, to keep it afloat. Um, Kaylin, I would love to have you on the show if you would like to be a guest and we'll reach out to you. And I'd like to go over, um, you know, I, obviously we won't have all the answers, but that's kind of what we do, right? Is we just, we, we try to promote thinking. And so we'll just brainstorm on the air um, about these things and why promotions that you are doing could be instead uh, helping out other businesses and what those promotions are like and um, ideas on how promoting a second tank can be beneficial. And uh, again, we aren't necessarily the experts that are going to put you up a thousand percent, but who knows, maybe maybe we can help out. And of course, the, the overall goal is help out the community as well. So please, if you'd like, uh, join us. Join us on the air uh, coming up here. That'd be, I think, hopefully very helpful. Uh, and uh, I think we're going to go into construction mode here. We've got a few because construction, as we all know, is always just a breeze. So uh, let's hear from Mark. Okay, next we have Mark Gurley. Mark says, so we haven't opened yet, but we've had plenty of sleepless nights and hard-fought days with our construction process. We've maintained a perfect record with failing every single initial craft inspection that we've attempted, electrical, plumbing, structural, etc., simply because of simple mistakes and oversights by our GC. Our marquee sign design was rejected at least four times by the building property management we're in a strip center. Once we finally got that approved and the sign made, the sign permit was denied because the occupancy permit had not been paid for. A surprise to us because we paid an expediter to take care of all of this at the beginning of the process. Oh, wow. Our city-appointed plumbing inspector has never heard of epoxy flooring in conjunction with showers, so he's saying it's not approved. GC is pretty much useless in coordinating crafts, so we have to be on site every day nobody really appreciates the idea of soundproofing and much much more Mm -hmm. wow that was a hell of a wine session (laughs) i really need a good float Mm -hmm. mark i hope you get that float (laughs) damn 
Yeah. Ow. I like to complain, but that's I don't know. That's Can you guys... hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like every single construction project I've ever been on, and it's tough. Right. And it's hard and it, it never seems to, I mean, never seems to go right. And there happens to be, I know here in Nashville, um, there are certain parts of town that I would never put a float tank because they take pride in never passing people on the first time. And yeah. uh, that's their, that's their thing. And they brag about it. Um, so yeah, that, that can be a super, super hard <laughs> place to come in but you know i'm really glad and i think you'll appreciate the fact that you're there every day uh, we had to be because our general contractor didn't understand soundproofing either and mark caught several situations where they were trying to save some money uh, by cutting out some of the soundproofing that they didn't feel was necessary not understanding what we were trying to do wow. um so we have so we we have found that yeah being there is super super important and um, being available and being on site, you're gonna, you are gonna appreciate that, and you're gonna learn right. so much. And so your next center is gonna be a breeze. <laughs> well, easier anyway. No promises. We uh, the art of the flow no, is okay. not that best. <laughs> there's, there's no actual guarantee uh, associated with this program. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but but, but yeah. it does make things easier. Yeah, we never, we never had a general contract or anything like that. Like we, we had to do everything ourselves and. One advantage um, for us was having the education to spread to these people. Um, when Matt was going in to give them his permits, he was able to fully educate them on, on a float center and what floating is. And any questions, anyone we worked with, um, we were there to, to answer. Sometimes if a general contractor has to um, answer some of these questions for other people, it may um, they may not have the correct answers or understand the soundproofing like like us who have fully done the research, like Amy was saying, you know, they didn't fully understand what soundproofing would, was truly needed for a float tank. Um, with us being at the front lines, um, you know, we were able to argue and, and get our way because we, we knew, well, we thought we knew it was correct going into it with doing a, a butt ton of the research. I really, I feel for you that could be very, very tough, um, especially if it's a situation like Amy was saying where, it's oh, that's Joe's part of town. Joe don't prove nobody the first time around. Like Lame. you know, that would uh, I feel for you. That's tough. Um, but just a uh, heads up for for some people out there. Um, do some research if you're picking a general contractor. Mm. Get some reviews. Um, ask. Uh, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but ask for some clients that they have worked with for, you know, if for their reviews and call somebody because that's a big thing when you're working with a contractor like that. It's you're giving them a yeah. lot of money and they're they're building your business for you. Yeah. Like they, you want essentially zero errors from those people and you want them to work with you on everything and. You want it your way, but for them to, to you know, get it done, um, yeah. go on, get some reviews. There's there's lots out there for reviews. Uh, I know in the States, you guys have some pretty good um, companies for, for reviewing other companies. I don't think it's as big, as, big up here. And one thing that we, uh, when we were uh, vetting contractors, we would actually not only ask them to give us some contact for businesses that they've built out, but we we would go to the businesses and oh, we would wow. look because you can tell a lot about <laughs> the craftsmanship mm. by looking at their previous work and what Good they job, did Amy. and what they didn't do right. So cool, absolutely, yeah. damn, vet them well. But I I feel for you. That's that's tough. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, right. 
Um, hopefully this is the, the hardest part. And once you're open, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Wow. Knock on wood. I, I hope that's yeah. the case. I mean, everything should be like a steel trap at this point, right? Like it should be super solid, right? <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. Get all the bad stuff out of the way at the beginning. Smooth, pretty smooth sailing. That's what so, we're going to, we're just going to, we are just going to put that out there into the right. universe. Smooth sailing here on out. Good luck, Mark. Good luck. Uh, Brooks here has uh, left four updates on his. The first three uh, have a, a voiceover and then I'll... I'll so sorry, listeners. I'll read the fourth one here. Uh, Brian, please. Brooks Benson says, number one, the building we signed a lease on five days later, the county changed the zoning, which excluded us as our original use. More to come. Number two, back and forth with the county on zoning use and plans approval for almost three months. More coming. This could be endless. Fast forward a bit to three months into construction. The county was so hard on us that our general contractor bailed and quit paying the guys. Fortunately, I had 30 years construction experience, and we paid the guys to help me finish. My GC sucked anyway, and it cut out the middleman where I could finish how I wanted it. Damn. Damn. I wish I had 30 years construction experience before starting. My goodness. (laughs) So, uh, to continue. Long story short, they kept sending different trade inspectors. Uh, Yeah, inspectors, and there was a seemingly endless failed inspections. We were out of money. I can't continue his voice. Seven months into construction, and we called a meeting with the county bosses. They thought we were a franchise or part of some big corporation. I told them, it's me, my wife, and our life savings, and we are to the point of having to walk away and lose it all. He goes, really? Wow. We finished passing all inspections and our CO in about two weeks. We ran two days of testing of automation systems and opened. Everything has almost been bulletproof since then. We have been open for 10 months. Nice. Good to hear the other side of the, <laughs> <laughs> the tunnel on this one. Oh, it was worth man, the I journey. So worth it. I did not know all of that, Brooks. You have my heart, man. Brooks is a sweet I guy. I had no too. idea. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yep, That's hard. Yep, sort of like they thought you were a franchise. Oh, we're they, giving you all these big bills and fees because we thought you were a franchise. <laughs> like, we could talk about that. That's been really interesting as I've seen other bigger businesses open around the float shop, the the hoops they have to jump through and the way that I kind of quote unquote, they, they look the other way or just uh, don't hurt, hold uh, smaller businesses to the same standard is very interesting. I, I, I don't know. I'm almost, I'm almost reticent or, or nervous to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems to exist. Hmm. And it is all run by people too. And they don't want to put small businesses out of business. Uh, that's, that's totally a thing. Um, you know, one thing to probably keep in mind is that um, not all businesses are built equal, or I guess like not everybody's opening is built equal. It's it just, there are so many random differences between States and cities and mm-hmm. who your landlord is. There's just a million different factors that can impact your build out and the experience that you have from from day well i want to say day one but i mean day one of attempting to start your business Mm -hmm. so i i wish i wish we could just like fix it all or say like these are the steps or something like that but there's just so many variations so that that's why we get stories like these uh, and we get to commiserate um (laughs) uh, let's see here luke is up next this is actually uh from luke himself brian go for it hi guys i wanted to respond to the, the question of the worst moments while opening and we're not open yet. Our our worst worst times so far have been with coding and inspection. First 
right after we signed the lease and we went to pull the permit to do the work on our building, we found out that the fire department was going to require us to build a firewall between the, the neighboring units because it was over a certain square footage. And that firewall was absolutely not feasible. It was going to be, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars. And uh, we eventually got past that. But uh, then recently we had with our electrical inspection, there's this concept that was absolutely new to me called the equipotential plane. And it means that if you're standing with one foot in the float tank and one foot on a conductive surface, even tile or concrete, you could theoretically be shocked. So they were gonna make us put in a eight gauge copper wire grid in the floor to raise the floor and everything. So that was a pretty big one. And we got past that one too. Uh, Just, we were having the the design so that they step right out into the shower, which is non-conductive because it's fiberglass. And then where the person could theoretically touch the concrete finished floor um, and be in the pool at the same time, we're just putting a rubber mat there. So those were the, uh, the stressful times. And Looking back, the the second one, I, I just that came out of nowhere for me. Hmm. Think if I knew more about pools and commercial spas, that would have come up. Um, but that was a big blind spot. And the first one with the firewall, looking back, I wish I would have put in our lease that it was contingent on the building passing inspection. Hmm. So those are our scary moments and what we learned. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you, Luke. Uh, I like also that his comes with some some wise words at the end too to, mm-hmm. to help other people. Good lessons. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, it's so weird that you just can't predict these things, and these are just the hurdles we have to jump over. Yeah, um, yeah. It comes from all different angles, and everyone seems to you know it depends on the inspector. You know what the, right. the, the that that inspector's life experiences and <laughs> how his sleep was right. and how his dinner was last yeah. night and all those things boil down to you know things like that but you know safety is a big concern and there are a lot of things that you know we may not think about that do have to come up for safety reasons there may be some things that are sort of unrealistic so yeah. you never yeah. know when a curveball's coming your way so be prepared especially financially don't mm-hmm. budget just enough money, always budget over. Have some extra money just in case mm-hmm. these things come up. And um, yeah, we caught one early. Well, when they were doing electrical to our rooms, they wanted us to have. Amy, you probably have these, but they wanted us to have emergency shutoff buttons in our rooms and up front, and they wanted to wire all this in, and it ended up costing I don't know a thousand or twelve hundred dollars for these switches and all the wiring and the box and the time and all this stuff. Um, but, uh, we end up catching them mid install cause we had to hire plumbers and electricians. Uh, we, we end up catching them mid, mid install, asking them what they're doing. And they explained that we need these emergency shutoff switch. So somebody can hit it if, you know, if there's ever an issue, and we really had to explain, okay, our pumps are not running when people are in the float tank. It is not a spa. It is not a hot tub. If something happens to somebody in the float tank, 
they're in the float tank, they cannot get out and press the emergency button. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we sort of just had to <laughs> like, <laughs> break these down to, uh, to these people. And finally they said, okay, yeah, like we can do it. We still had to pay for um, the wire and the boxes that they put in, but we saved a few hundred dollars on switches and unnecessary, unnecessary godly things in our float rooms. So, um, Again, that's that education thing, being there, able to catch them, you know, being present, catch them in the act, educate, explain, you know, show them what you want, and uh, hopefully that moves forward. But dang, yeah, things things can come out of left wing, especially a firewall. That. Oh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brutal. Big expenses. Uh, so this one just came in, and uh, I'm going to read this one here, do my best. I haven't read this before. Uh, this is from Gina Heron. Let's see. It took over a year and a half to get our lease signed. The county was going back and forth on should it be commercial or residential. Our pods were lost in transit for five days, pushing back our floor guys, paint guys, UL lister, and tech guy, and many others. We tested our pods for the UL finally and passed, but we had to drain the water as we weren't there every day to test water. When my husband got back a few days later to check on them, they were uh, full of mold on all on the inside, even though he had thoroughly dried them out. Oh, and fighting with the GC about how we really actually need to do soundproofing and not pretty much soundproof, <laughs> and uh, and that we need a heavy-duty coat of epoxy on our floors, not just a clear coat, and watch it. Oh, yeah, and now the landlords put a compressor in the mechanical room that is connected to our space. It goes off every 20 minutes because they're trying to save money with the fire suppression people. Oi, good times. Uh, I'm not even sure about the mold thing. I don't know how that happened. That's a weird one. But the the other stuff is uh, incredibly frustrating and how brutal. And I, I guess it's kind of the theme of the night now that we've gone through all these construction bits. Keep your eyes on these people. <laughs> you have to hire the right people and you have to kind of just be there unless they are just people who do soundproofing for a living or, I mean... What, you're going to have a somebody who does epoxy floors for float centers for a living? That's not going to happen. So um, making it super clear to them. And then, uh, like, if we got, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but uh, the person who worked on our latest float room is a floater. So, like, he gets it. He understands and he asks questions to make sure that it was done properly. That's going to be a very rare occurrence. And mm -hmm. even if they have high standards for themselves, they don't appreciate soundproofing. So many contractors have told me, and, and this is also through uh, consulting, have told me that something is soundproofed and um, I quietly scream in my head and then do my <laughs> best to politely talk to the contractor and the owner of the business of, of what soundproofing really means to us and how vibration travels through floors, not just through sound, uh, through walls. Lance, what are you going to say? I'm just thinking of trying to be funny here. <laughs> let's let's stop let's stop spending all this money on construction on soundproofing. Let's stop blaming the general contractors and let's tell the manufacturers to build a float tank that's actually quiet, <laughs> soundproof. No, uh, I'm just kidding. That's, if they can do that, I, I would buy that tank. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's funny. I remember when we were shopping for float tanks, that was something people were advertising with their float tanks is that they're soundproof, and people would build rooms and say. I thought the float tank was, you know, did the sound for me. And it's like, ah, nope, there. When we say soundproofing, we mean soundproofing, not sound dampening. this wall and this wall, but that one will be fine. That nope. could be open there. Yeah, that's fine. Soundproof. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work, a lot of insulation, a lot of, there's so many different ways to do it, but 
That's a pretty um, cool subject. I though. hear that over and over yes. and over again. My contractor never understood what I meant by soundproof or, yep. you know, people yep. asking questions. Is is just using green glue here good enough for soundproofing? It's Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. It's, a, it's a wormhole, that one. It, uh, it reminds me of an old post in Float Collective from uh, Greg Griffin where he had contractors who put use either nails or screws uh, through the... Um, he was using uh, either Whisper Clips or Isomax Clips mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mounting them to the 2x4s, like the, the sheetrock to the 2x4, completely eliminating the value of this very expensive product that creates good soundproofing. It's like, damn, that's tough. That is mm. tough, and you have to be there every minute for every screw being put in there. Um and while I was doing installs, I, I messed that up too, but I had the wherewithal to, you know, take the screw out and re- redo it. So I don't know that every contractor is going to do that or, or even be aware of doing yeah, that. That was really tedious for us. Um, we didn't use whisper clips. We uh-huh. just had sort of tracking that you'd screw to the studs yeah. and then you'd screw the drywall to the tracking yeah. and then it'd float off the wall. Mm-hmm. But you, if you ever had a screw that hit a stud instead of that tracking, you right. compromise all that work. Exactly. So sometimes you screw it in, you're like, oh, that's that. You screw it back out, get a little <laughs> flashlight. Oh, no, that's good. <laughs> and that, stuff like that, like it takes way longer than some of these guys where they build, uh, you know, they build another IHOP and they're like, bram, 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 yes. bram, bram, you know, yes. air nailers, just <laughs> slapping things together because that doesn't matter. But, you know, people and it's need also- to take... It, it's not Go like you put in a hundred screws and one goes into a stud and you lose one percent of your soundproofing. No. You just shot your soundproofing. Like mm-hmm. you just took a drastic hit to what you yeah. installed. Ah. And a lot they, of money out the door. And sometimes you don't yeah. know. If you're not there, you didn't see it, you don't know exactly. what's going on unless you rip out your walls. And who has the money or the time <laughs> after they've just completed construction to rip out walls just to mm-hmm. see? Um, yeah, you gotta be so on top of it. I couldn't imagine Matthew or myself not being there for, for the construction because, you know, we'd, we'd tell them things, specifically tell them things, and you'd come back four hours later after you went to go shop for something, and you're like, I, I just told you this before we left. All of our boxes for electrical boxes would have to be spaced out um, one inch from the wall, half inch for our tracking, half inch for our drywall. Normally, they just space it half inch. So they mount all these electrical boxes half inch from the wall. Oh, we have to go back after they go home, oh. take oh. every single electrical wow. box back out and move it out an inch. And it's just, you know, things like that. We still had to pay for them to put in half inch. We still had to put in the work to redo it. You know, it's shit like that that, you know, I couldn't imagine not catching mm. in time. Like if I didn't catch that before drywall went up or some, you know, something like that where it's, yeah. Once it's behind that wall, you ain't never going to see that again, you know? And if you are, you're in a bad situation. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a remodel. That's good times. But yeah, it's good to, uh, if you can't be there all the time, um, check up frequently or make sure you have one hell of a general contractor that is well-educated on your vision and, and what you expect. Amen. This was supposed to be a miserable episode. I, I thought this was going to be way sadder, everybody commiserating, but it seems like we learned a lot from it and got some positive spins on it. There were some happy endings there as well, some light at the end of the tunnel. So gosh darn it, we'll have to get more miserable next time. We'll, we'll do this again at some point. But uh, thanks, everybody, for sharing your stories. We love 
hearing your stories. Thanks for everybody who contributed. Thanks so much to John Erickson for doing this as well, for recording all of these. That was a lot of fun. And um, if you have any stories that you want to share, if you have questions for us, if you want to commiserate again at some point uh, or you wanted to add yours to the pile, uh, go to artofthefloat.com. It's the gold bar on the left side of the screen. You can record there. Also, if you're on your phone, you can install an app. It's a little cumbersome to install an app to leave a message. But uh, if you want to contribute and um, just add, add something in for this community to, to glean from, we certainly appreciate it. And we love this being a, a community podcast. And of course, Amy Lance and I love sharing every week. Mm -hmm. But really, we, we want this to be the the voice of the entire float community. So um, thanks again for those who did contribute. And uh, I, I really think every single one of those is going to help with uh, anybody who listens to the show for opening their float centers. and Or at least when their pipe bursts because they didn't glue that pipe closed, whether it was an hour before or six months ago, uh, they'll know that they weren't alone. <laughs> and that humans hmm. make mistakes that's something i learned today so sorry trika i forgot about that trika is that so sorry for making a mess in your place trika is that one love float i just want to mention that and, uh, also part of the uh, float collective um formerly the cfc and uh also just an amazing woman and mother uh so let's see here i think that's it guys thanks so much for joining us and until next week remember there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing so spend some time there we'll see you next week You're listening to Art of the Float.